I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is TV worth talking about. I'm Catherine, by the way. I'm 47. I'm divorced. I live with my sister, who's a recovering heroin addict. I have two grown-up children, one dead, one who doesn't speak to me, and a grandson. Shrine Podcasts presents Happy Valley. Hello and welcome to Shrine Podcasts Happy Valley. I'm Hannah. I'm Brendan. And I'm Rebecca and that's Salem in the background. Salem, oh, salute. Salem, come to say hello. Did you not hear his little squeak there? I'm just no. thrilled it's not my dog. Oh my God, I can't believe the cat's finally broken in. Salem, okay, anyway, sorry, back to business so guys, he'll just me, roam. Brendan, Rebecca and Salem are here to discuss <laughs> season three, episode three and what an episode it was, guys. We were treated to an hour of Shakespearean level family drama as the K-Woods turned against each other at the hands of Tommy Lee Royce, beginning with a showdown in a coffee shop between Catherine and Claire, made even more unnerving by their hushed tones and resulting in Ryan being forced to come to terms with his biological father's true involvement in his mother's death. Meanwhile, in the Happy Valley, things have become even more complicated for Fidel because if he was worried about getting caught dealing a few extra diazepam on the side, it's fair to say now his stress levels have heightened because he's (laughs) murdered poor Joanna. And if that wasn't enough, there was aliens in the mix. So Brandon (laughs) will be gracing us with his recap this week. Meanwhile, Rebel have your many, many thoughts and theories. But first, a little catch up. How do pets? Oh, how do love? Did you get the cat out, Rebecca? No, it's still, it's still, he's still here. I'm going to just do a bit of a maneuver now when Brendan starts the recap. I'm going to just grab him and then put him into another room. I feel left out. I think I'm going to have to borrow a pet so that I can at least... Uh, so that I can interrupt the podcast. You guys not hear that? Can you guys hear him in the background? No. Say to him, speak now. No, that's a fantastic mic we bought, guys. Oh, yeah, it actually is great. Okay, anyway, back to business. So sorry, how's everyone's week's been? It's really, really cold here at the moment in Dublin. Guys, it's very I cold am in London clutching well. a hot water bottle and a coffee at the one time and I have like pyjama bottoms, a t-shirt and a, a hoodie on sweater. Like I'm wrapped up and I'm still freezing. Yeah, it's minus three also here. I'm like the grandparents in Willy Wonka, like in work in the bed. (laughs) Yeah, but that's what they have to be like. I just look terrible in cold weather. I feel like I need to live somewhere sunny with a cocktail in my hand. No, to be honest, it's a who doesn't, but I have come across this fantastic product that we're not being endorsed by, Rob, but I'll just share with you personally because it just makes Come me feel on. better about myself. They're called Glow Drops by Pestle and Mortar. And you basically oh, yeah. put a little, 
oh, come here. You put a little drop into your moisturizer and you mix it on your face and it's just got a really, really light facial tanner in it. So you really? just don't look, You know when it's January and you're just like, oh, I can't look at myself. Oh, I look translucent at the moment. Ghost-like <laughs> glow drops. So Sumi has those as well. She's got her own version in her brand. And the same thing, you just drop them into your moisturizer, put them on your face. But what I didn't realize was uh, I tried them once and I didn't wash the palm of my hand properly. Oh, and gosh. I had orange hands. Yeah, yeah. My face looks great. Well. Yeah, a glowy face yeah. and a glowy a glowy palm. Yeah, right. That's a great tip now, guys. And has anyone been up to anything interesting over the last seven days? I haven't really. I binged all of the US traitors. Now I'll just throw it out there. It's it's not at the same level as the UK one. I missed Claudia Winkleman like nothing else. Um, Alan Cumming is good. He's a bit OTT, but it's he's playing to an American audience, so yeah. I get it. Yeah, um, mix of celebs with the regular everyday people wasn't for me. Um, I, I I kind of I was watching be like these celebs have clearly also been paid a fee, an appearance fee. Then with the the chance to Salem still. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Have you gotten shite there over He's <laughs> <laughs> off. We can't hear him. He's fine. He's fine. No, oh we actually God. can't hear him. Brendan, I hear all your podcast. thoughts. Anyway, you go on, Brendan. Do you think they, they yeah. didn't need the Bravo celebrity? Is what you think? They didn't. They didn't no. need the celebs. No, and um, but I get it for an American audience. I guess the the network was probably afraid that the. Uh, population there wouldn't watch it if there was nobody that they recognized in it and uh, yeah it just took away from it a little bit uh it, it, it's good it's nowhere near the uk level but it is worth sticking with to get to the end the now, ending i'm glad great. you said that because i'm four episodes in and i'm not i'm just not invested it's not the same i'm convinced people were paid to appear i'm convinced totally. they agreed when they were going to leave i've convinced myself that the whole thing is set up which i, I have no proof for that but it's just not the same as the UK one for me, but you're saying we should stick it out, Brendan? Stick it out. So I watched it kind of passively, to be honest. There were certain missions that I did skim through because a lot of it was the same as the UK stuff. There were parts where I knew if I fast forwarded that I wouldn't miss anything. I watched the round tables. I watched a lot of interaction and then stayed there for the end. And it was, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, I've seen people posting that the ending is almost even better than the UK version of the of the show. Um, so they're both. Oh, I say them. <laughs> oh, no, you bad boy, you bad boy. You can't get on the equipment, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna have to remove the. Oh, gosh, well, can I just remove? <laughs> oh my god! Please, can I remove? Oh my god! Guys, his ass, his ass is on the screen. Oh my god! You <laughs> see my cat's bum. You better. You better. Isn't he just so cute, though? You know, he's I mean, not, so, not from that angle. With that <laughs> angle, but it was oh, mine ever. Oh, the ass in my face. Just for any context, just with Salem. I got Salem during the pandemic. Oh my god, that's his tail. That's his tail on the microphone. I got him during the <laughs> pandemic, um, and I adopted him from the DSPCA. And um, he he's just rolling here now for a pet. Oh, my God. And um, he was very sick when I got him. So he had cat flu, like really bad cat flu. So we had to bring him, like, you know, give him all the antiviral meds. He has, um, he doesn't have cat AIDS. He has herpes. <laughs> <laughs> 
us. No shame Sorry, in that. Are like, you, listen, like, no shame for why you like to behave however I you know, want. I only found out recently that like cat AIDS is like a thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You just need to be careful like not to mix them with other cats and whatever. Um, so anyway, he has herpes and his eye is a bit um, dodgy after the, after the cat flu. So I had to bring him to an eye specialist and all. And, <laughs> I'm glad he's on the microphone. Okay, guys. This is no benefit to anyone that can't see him, but like just trust us that Salem is very now, so just pause for one moment and then we'll start to yes. recap because just one second. Okay. Salem's being escorted out of the room. She's going to kill him. Oh, it's like, you know, when you're parenting in public. Oh, say and you're, goodbye. Bye, Salem. Bye, Salem. Bye, Salem. Bye, Thank you so much for your input. You're an icon. Yeah, it's like when you were visiting like relatives and you knew you're in that the second the you left, yeah. you were going to, yeah, you were in. <laughs> Because that all went well there, and she was like, You know, he has cat A's, and you have to feel sorry for him. He's going to be killed when we get yeah. off this. <laughs> no, sorry, guys. Back to business now. He's There'll be no tuna brought. for him later on, will there? Ah, no, he will be getting a treat. He's gorgeous. Just see him playing up to the camera. The man's born to be famous. He's oh, born to be famous. Now, guys, do we have anything else to discuss before we get into Brandon's oh, no, no. recap? Do you know what I've been watching, guys? Just really quickly, that was recommended to us when we were doing our Shrine of Telly podcast series. It's on Apple and it's called Slow Horses and it's very, very good. So I think you're both going to love it. It's 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 MI5, but not the usual. Yeah. I the watched on my too at the start and I just didn't stick with it. But yeah, I'll go back and I'll, I'll give it a Harry go. Oldman, yeah, very good. So watching that, also watch the series on Netflix, which I don't recommend called Treason, which is absolutely dreadful. Oh. I just didn't enjoy Your it. kind of cute though. I was going to do that one, but I won't bother. I just didn't feel like it. It, it I, I finished it, but I just, I just, I felt like it could have been better, to be honest. So anyway, that's what I've been up to for the last week. Well, Slow Horses is actually on my list. I was going to start it this week, so I might really start it this week now so I can talk to you about it. And neither of you watched The Teacher with Sharon Smith. And I did, yeah. Watched it at Christmas. Thought, I thought it was absolutely awful. I enjoyed it. I actually couldn't get over it. Like, I just, I'm like, I just couldn't actually get over it. And there was some photoshopping. Did you notice how bad the photoshopping was in the brochure? No. Can you remember the brochure for the school where she finally found out who was behind everything that was happening. And there's just bodies with heads just no. set shaped Sorry. onto it. Now, when I, when I tell you that, I would literally watch this like over Christmas. So I was a few Christmas wines in. So I'd say I had a nice glaze on it all. So that's maybe why I enjoyed it <laughs> so Hannah, much. You're, you're basically a graphic designer. So I feel like you'd really notice that type of thing. I'd be I'm like, oh, a graphic lovely designer. <laughs> I can. <laughs> Rebecca's always amazed by my very basic Photoshop. <laughs> Have you ever seen the, the artwork for this very podcast? Last Stunning. week, I was in a sweat making sure that the waveform was the exact same color blue that it was the week before. Were you was shaking like, oh. because I did say, "Do you want?" Shaking, <laughs> Do you shaking. Want and then eventually the feedback <laughs> came, and she's the, the 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 biggest compliment I could ever get was, "It looks the same to the untrained eye." <laughs> 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 oh my god, Which hilarious. Was genuinely, a, it was a huge compliment. Thank you. Right, right, right. Now you're ready to take yeah, it well, away. Season Let's. three, episode three. Take it away, bitch. Okay, we pick up right where we left off last week. Catherine sitting herself down in front of Claire in the coffee shop, not in Leeds. Uh, we catch the start of their face to face before we're taken inside the prison where Ryan is visiting Tommy. Now, Tommy asks Neil to go and get them tea and biscuits. And he's not overly nice about it, considering Neil is the man bringing his son in to see him. Back in the coffee shop, this is Sarah Lancashire at her absolute finest. Now, 
like I would love us to interview her on this podcast, obviously. But like I want to know how she cries those hot tears. Like it's such raw emotion. Like I don't know if she's like so invested in the character or if she's pulling on like some real life thing. But like this is incredible. The woman is going to win all the BAFTAs. Um, Super. Claire, it's so good. Claire explains that she only went into prison to visit Tommy with Ryan and Neil once on their second visit. Uh, Ryan's been writing to Tommy since he was 10 years old. Frances Drummond, or whatever her name was in the end, uh, gave him his address. Um, Tommy's move to a closer prison just was a complete fluke. He didn't ask to be moved. Um, he managed to get a message to Ryan via a mystery man who Claire thinks could have been a fellow inmate. Now, this mystery man handed Ryan a note outside school 18 months ago and Ryan has never seen him since. In this note, Tommy says that he got every letter that Ryan ever sent him, but he says he couldn't reply to Catherine's address for obvious reasons. Now, Ryan asked Neil to take him to visit Tommy. Claire says she didn't know about the first visit. Neil did tell Claire after that first visit to prison because he was afraid he'd done something wrong. And Claire said uh, it is all wrong and that they shouldn't help him visit him. But it is what Ryan wants to do. Catherine says, Neil and Claire, you're a soft touch. She says, Claire, you've never been overly bright, have you? And then she lists all of the reasons that Ryan shouldn't visit Tommy, including her daughter's death and Gallagher's attack, her own attack, and also Tommy pouring petrol all over his own son. Now, Claire goes, it's complicated. It's not simple to explain. And she does argue that Tommy is biologically Ryan's dad. And she puts forward like what is a well thought out case from her point of view that maybe if they can show Tommy a good relationship, he'll have some sort of like an epiphany, realize he's a total scumbag and ask for forgiveness. Claire admits that Tommy should die in prison. She's like, of course he should. But she says, wouldn't the best outcome for everyone be if we could all forgive and find peace? Catherine asks Claire if it's her choice to bring Ryan in. Now, Claire doesn't answer here, but it it doesn't seem to be in an evasive way. And Catherine doesn't ask her a second time. I don't know if that's going to be a thing or not. Uh, Catherine gets up to leave and she says to Claire, I'll deal with Neil when I see him. She walks out of the coffee shop and sees a vision of uh, her daughter, Becky, Ryan's mom, with a rope around her neck in the reflection of a shop window. She's not really there at all. And Catherine is banging her head against the window. Uh, Back in the prison, Tommy tells Ryan that he's going to be in court in Leeds on Tuesday and that he should bunk off school to come and see him. Neil says, yeah, he can. And here, Tommy says to Ryan, I pleaded guilty, but uh, I didn't do out. So I'm like, is this feeding into the Spanish plan? He he wants to go to court but he's like, I didn't do anything, but he, he's determined to be out of prison and in the courtroom for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Yeah. Um, Tommy tells Ryan to stick up for himself with Rob Hepworth. And Ryan says it should be better now. And then Neil's like, I think Catherine has that covered. And at the mention of Catherine's name, Tommy's head like just spins. <laughs> yeah. And he just goes, oh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like, oh. <laughs> he's like, how dare you mention that woman's name? Um, um, can I just say one thing here? Yeah. I just thought it was. It, I love now that we know that Tommy knows Hepworth's name because yes. it's yeah. I just was like, he's like, oh, and this Hepworth fella, blah blah blah, and I was like, oh my god. And also that first scene, I did not breathe until those no. opening credits started. It was a masterclass. It was probably one of the best scenes on telly I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I was crying. So 
Yeah, this episode is really emotional the whole, the whole way through. Yeah. Um, so just as Ryan says, ta-ta, dad, and he actually does say that. He's like, ta-ta, dad. It's just interesting as well that he is calling him dad. Uh, Tommy asks how his skydive was. And uh, he's like, oh, the two of us should do a bungee jump when I get out. And then basically outside the prison, Ryle is going to, uh, to Neil. He's like, why is he saying stuff like that when he's never getting out? And Neil is like, maybe that's just how you keep yourself going when you've got a life sentence. Uh, Claire pulls up in her car to pick up the two lads. They get in. And all she says are the two words, she knows, she knows. And everyone looks like they want to throw up. Um, over at Faisal's house, the criminal chemist is curtain twitching today. Um, he spots Rob reversing out of his drive. And then he proceeds to clamber down back alleys and over walls to sneak <laughs> into Joanna to tell her that he thinks they should send Rob on his way. Now, Faisal. He's just so unslick. And we all underestimated him, obviously. He's like the Pink Panther. It's like, do-do, Like, if, he, if he's caught creeping the way he's creeping, he has no excuse. If he decides, I don't know, for example, like, if he picked up, like, a, a, a letter in their house, he goes, oh, we've got post for, like, number, whatever they're in. Yeah. And just walk, walk over. Out the door. Exactly. If There's he loads caught, of reasons to visit your neighbours. Yeah, exactly. But if he got caught creeping over the way he crept over, like, there's just, he's got no excuse. It's ridiculous. Um, Here, <laughs> we get our first... <laughs> here's where we get our first glimpse of um, Robin Joanna's uh, child without her jacket on but she's blocked by the coffee table so we can't fully see her but her coat is definitely off in that scene Um, now in a very moving scene Catherine explains to Richard that she had a plan to tell Ryan the whole story about Tommy and his mum a week after his 18th birthday she was like I thought he'd have his party give it a week and then give him a version of the truth at least Um, Catherine says to Richard here she's like I can't believe I didn't cop and she's like there I was thinking Claire was the naive one. Um, Richard then breaks down and he apologises to Catherine for leaving her on her own to deal with everything after Becky killed herself. Catherine says, we both went a bit mad to cope and we both did what we had to do. I now, love that I scene, reckon, but God, he's a yeah. goner, isn't he? Who, Richard? Oh God, he's saying like, sorry. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I just don't worry about oh, him I, now. I think that the two of them could rekindle. Yeah, because but that's he's going to be killed by the Knezeviches. Oh God! Yeah, Jesus, mm. okay. I just felt worried for him after that. I was like, "Oh God, this is all yeah. themed." You know, I was like, "Oh Jesus!" Yeah, uh, Ryan sends um, Catherine a message to say he's stopping off at Claire's for tea tonight. Clearly terrified to go home, as you would be. Um, at Claire's, uh, Neil says he'll tell Catherine that he felt sorry for Ryan, and he's like, "If I didn't take him, who would?" It's what Ryan wanted. Um, just as they sit down ready for dinner, there's a knock at the front door. Kel, surprise, it's Catherine with some of Ryan's stuff so he can stay there for a few days. There's a sleeping bag, but no games, much to Ryan's dismay. Now, Catherine asks for a moment alone with Ryan and explains to him all she's ever done and all she ever does for him is for his benefit, his safety, his sake. Now, once she clarifies that Ryan knows the meaning of the word hereditary, uh, she says Tommy's fucked up and Ryan isn't and that he really wasn't very nice to his mum. Now, guys, for my favourite exchange, I think, in all of Happy Valley ever yet, all seasons, during this extremely emotional talk, while Catherine is like really delicately and caringly telling Ryan that he's not evil and that, you know, his dad's kink and the thing in his brain and what he's lacking that Ryan doesn't have and he's a good person. Ryan, in like the most stroppy of teenage ways, interrupts her and just goes, me tea's going cold, you know. And as casual as anything, Catherine just breaks her talk to go, what are you having? And then Ryan just goes, stew. And she's like, oh, it'll be all right. And then <laughs> so she goes, on. It is 
phenomenal. It's so good. It 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 doesn't um you know add anything to the storyline necessarily. It's not important, but it is like it's honestly my favorite moment in Happy Valley ever. Like I just loved how normal it was. It it's was like, just it, so it'll keep normal. yeah. It's like anyway, back to um yeah. your father who's a murderer and a rapist. Yeah. Back to all this trauma, like it was just so well written and so well performed by um, Sarah Lancashire as well. So she carries on and she says, um, look, I can't tell you exactly, but you need to trust me. I don't want you to go and keep visiting Tommy. And if you do, you're going to have to live here with Claire and Neil. And as Catherine heads back to her car, Ryan says, um, did she kill herself? Uh, Catherine doesn't answer the question. She gets into the car. Um now, I, think I don't been, agree with how Catherine dealt with that, guys. Do you not? No, I don't think that's the way he should have been told. I absolutely understand that she's fuming. I don't think I could have dealt with it in any better way. But I think ideally, if you're telling a 16-year-old what really happened to their mom, you need to do it in a way more delicate way. And she was kind of like, figure it out for yourself, Ryan. Yeah. Um, which I think she uh, she really needs to talk to him. Hard she, for she needs to sit down with him and just explain to him what's happened. If she really doesn't want him to see the dad, like just be like, "Hi, this is yeah. what happened." But can she tell him that? Like, it will actually mess him up so much because her opinion of how Ryan was conceived is that that her daughter was assaulted. Yeah. So he no, it's really difficult, but it's it's the truth. And is that not in the end better to just tell him so he can then make an informed decision knowing all of the information? I mm. think yes. And I think her thing is that she never wanted to do this before he was 18 because he's too young. And I would worry about 16 year olds having that information. I'd worry that they're too young and that he's going to go off the rails. But as I said, I don't I don't agree with how she's done it, but I don't know how else she would have done it because she just puts such a mental block. Which, yeah. Like, she's so upset about this, her absolute worst case scenario, mm. um, that she's just so emotional about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I think Claire sums it all up in one line here when he goes back inside and she just sits at the dinner table and she's like, what a fucking mess, just the whole thing. Um Nevis and Gallagher calls over to see Daniel and Anne. They're still unpacking boxes at their gorgeous new home. It's like something out of Emmerdale. Um, Daniel is devastated for Catherine and Anne is at the back chain smoking. Nevison tells her that Tommy's in prison and he's like, look, he can't get to you. Um, he will die in there. And Nevison tells her a line that we, ke- yeah, sorry, that line we keep hearing in this episode. It's repeated and repeated. He will die in there. He will die in there. Three he will times. die in there. Or more. It has been said yeah. low, yeah, at least three times in this episode. Foreshadowing. Um, Anne tells Nevison that she starts her attachment to CID, which is, as we have learned, not Constable in Disguise tomorrow. Um, and Nevison seems to not remember. So I don't know if this is important, but I've just I've kept note of this here. Um, yeah, we'll discuss Nevison the series. Panicked about his refriger- refrigeration business and CID getting involved, or maybe it's like early onset dementia unsure we can discuss um at ryan's school uh, his friend offers to let him stay at his parents house he even says that he'll sleep on the floor and ryan can have his bed which is really cute this friend is flat out texting on the phone i think he's texting his mother trying to like sort it all out and get advice um claire and neil's neighbors they have a baby that cries a lot and ryan is basically like i've been kept awake the whole night the baby's been screaming uh, and ryan's friend says he should have knocked on the wall and, and then goes what are babies even for anyway all they do is cry and shit now, remember in the last episode, Joanna told Faisal that Rob loves to pick out a vulnerable pupil, knock them down, and build them back up so that he's the hero teacher. Well, 
the delight on the man's face when he finds out that Ryan's fallen out with Catherine, is now living with two recovering alcoholics in a tiny house, and his dad is in prison. The man is licking his lips in anticipation. He's like, we should talk. Faisal drops his kids off at school. They've got a science test. Now, one of the girls says to the other, don't bother trying too hard. They'll only pay for one of us to go to medical school, and it won't be you. She explains that that is what happened to Faisal. She says his parents paid for his older brother to do seven years of medical school, while Faisal had to pay for himself and could only afford four. And she says that's why he's got a chip on his shoulder. Uh, in the PE hall, Rob is doing his best Trisha Goddard by sitting on those little wooden benches that he used to try and balance on in PE. And he's chatting with Ryan about his home life and listening to all the goss and all the trauma. Now, he apologizes for being a prick here, right? And um, he says, uh, I, I, I'm sorry if I was being hard on you. He's like, I didn't know you had all that going on. Don't think that's a reason to not be a prick to a pupil as a teacher. I just think you shouldn't be a prick anyway. Um, then, in a wildly inappropriate admission from a teacher to a student, Rob tells Ryan that his marriage isn't a happy one. Could you imagine if a teacher sat oh, you down and told you that? God, he's going to live to regret saying that now, isn't he? This, te- this really terrified me, guys, because I know we've heard the thing that he does about, uh, you know, like turning against a student and then all of a sudden swooping in as their saviour. But like he gave me real creepy vibes. Did anyone? Did, yeah, the way I didn't know how to read that. that Ryan, there yeah. was a lingering look at the end there of was. that scene, and I don't, I, do, I can't decipher what it meant. But it, there was a lingering look. Yeah, I was just like, it, oh, it just gave me real weird vibes. I think it was that he's like a violent psychopath. But I, got, I was like, is he like a pedophile? Like it was just really weird. I didn't yeah, know what to make strange. of it. Yeah. Um. Now, can I be flippant just for a moment? Anne Gallagher's hair, guys, so chic in this next scene. Um, I couldn't agree more. Reefing on her first it day is. in CID. It's very bad, hard isn't to pull it? off a fringe like that. It it's really is difficult. Just, it's very hard to pull off that haircut. And every time I see it on someone, I'm like, I have had it. It's like, I'll go get it again. But when I look back at the photos, I don't look like Anne Gallagher and that effortless wave that she's oh, able no, to Anne, achieve. I thought it did suit you. I've seen pictures of you now from back in the day and you did pull it off, but it's difficult now. It wouldn't look good to me. I'd look like a mushroom. It's incredibly hard. You can look like a mushroom very easily. And also, like, the wave that she has going through it, she, it, like, she's going on as if she rolls out of bed, which is, annoys me yeah. with people with that hairstyle, because that's not the case. <laughs> but yeah, I love the, the ID look. I thought she looked fantastic in the outfit, the jacket yeah, as well. Everything the little roll neck and everything, yeah. Loved, um, yeah. So they're hearing details in this briefing about the blind woman who died after she fell out of the window on that high-rise block of flats. Her name was Danielle. So the team is being shown CCTV footage from the flats on the day of Danielle's death. It shows a mystery man in a baseball cap leaving with two rucksacks. They think that they're full of cash. Now, it also shows, and I'm going to call these guys because I still don't know their names. So in the first episode, when they called over to Faisal and the chemist, threatened him and told him to give them the money. I'm referring to these two guys as the boyos. We think they're Knezoviches or definitely related to the Knezoviches, but I don't know their names. So the boyos are also ca- captured on the CCTV. Um, and uh, <laughs> they're, they're basically in this, <laughs> this briefing, they're told they need to ID them as a priority. You Do either of you know their names? 85 when you say boyos, Brandon. But they are the boyos. Like, they're just the two <laughs> lads. <laughs> okay. I don't but know that, that either. Thing. No, that's who I... So when I say boyos, that's who I'm referring to for the rest of this we're recap. We're keeping okay? that then, are we? Okay. 
So the briefing uh, heard that more than 40 grand was found in Danielle's flat. And the working theory is that this gang basically tricked Danielle. One of them wooed her, pretended he wanted to be her boyfriend, basically so they could use her flat to hide their dirty money. Now, the Toyota so, that the baseball so cap had... Uh, so yeah. sad. Um, it's very line of duty isn't it yeah yeah it is actually yeah yeah very terry kind of vibes um the toyota that this baseball cap fella drives off in it's registered to a fella called joseph matich at an address in queensbury hey schmidt i've got an eye on the address they're going to bust in later on this morning um now in a much lighter briefing in another room catherine is asking her team if anyone would like to apply for a new role the Home Office has deemed it necessary to appoint in each division one constable, an alien life form liaison officer. Catherine says she thinks they're taking the piss when they're so short-staffed, but who am I to question the wisdom of the Home Secretary? Uh, she holds up the a copy of the application form, which has an illustration of an alien with the words a phone home under it. And basically, the entire <laughs> team in this briefing act like the three of us would, and they are in knots laughing, kicking the back of each other's chair, uh, but one fella throws his hand up in the air and he's like, pick me, pick me, pick me. He's like, did you hear what happened to me yesterday? He saw something, some sort of, uh, what was the, I can't remember the word she used. Some sort of, uh, I think she said an erotic vision or something. Um, oh my God, neurotic, is it? I said, I thought it was erotic. We see where your brain's go- thinking. Yeah, I know. Do you know what's on your mind, pet? Saucy alien. Um this guy's like <laughs> this guy's like my nan always says there's more between heaven and earth than we know about Catherine says well back here on this planet um, your assistance is required on a raid later on this morning in Queensbury um, she takes a toilet break and when her phone rings and she sees it's Claire she just mumbles fuck off and ignores the call uh, Catherine's playing a game on her phone in a toilet cubicle when next thing she hears someone vomiting a cubicle or two down Kel surprise it's Anne Gallagher uh, now Anne says she's hung over but could Anne also be pregnant and not realise yet? I'm thinking her and Daniel did say in the first episode that they have been trying. Um, I think. Mm. Anne says she hit the bottle last night because of all the Ryan stuff, which has triggered memories of when Tommy abducted her in the van and threatened to chop her tits off, quote unquote. Uh, she wonders if she could have screamed or done something different and scared them off. And she's just having a bit of a breakdown. And um, Catherine's like, you're human, you're normal. That was a really traumatic thing to happen. Now here... Very quickly, we learn that Claire has explained to Ryan why Becky killed herself, or at least a version of the truth. Um, And in response, Ryan said to Claire that he still wants to visit him. He's like, he's still my dad. This is what Catherine has said to Anne in the toilets just as she's leaving. It's done really quickly. Now, who's ready for a Joyce moment? Yes. But is she dodgy? We are big fans of Joyce. We love Joyce. We do. Uh, Joyce walks into Catherine's office asking, who started the whole alien liaison officer thing? And wonders aloud why, if you've travelled through the galaxy and ended up in Tobmerdon, why you wouldn't open your capsule door, stick your antenna out, turn around (laughs) and go home. Uh, (laughs) Joyce has brought a manila envelope into Catherine. Now, this manila envelope contains the results of the test on the little blue pills that Rob found on Joanna in the first episode of this series. Catherine brings up the test results on her computer screen and Joyce is far too interested in what is on said screen. Catherine's phone rings. Her team are needed in five to help arrest Joseph Matic. Now, Catherine stuffs this paper version of the test results in her bottom drawer, unlocked, and writes down Joanna's house number on her hand. Now, guys, for this next scene, I don't want to alarm anybody. And I I have checked IMDb and I I couldn't confirm. But I swear to God... 
Jim Cor has a cameo in Happy Valley. Have you seen this man? Jim Cor from like the fella, the brother from the Cor. I run away. The go on, leave me breathless. Yeah, but go yeah. on, leave me breathless. Is he not like a Scientologist? Or something? I think he is. Yeah, he's in Happy he, Valley. Yeah, he might want to be one of the alien abduction liaison officer. Basically, <laughs> this man, guys, who is, I think, the spit of Jim Core. This is the fellow who calls over to the two boyos who threatened Faisal and who were also on the CCTV from, uh, CCTV from the flats outside uh, where Danielle fell to her death. In front of the copy, Jim Core. Guys, well, I, I, I don't know. Now, poor Jim isn't great at whatever accent he's supposed to be doing because oh, there's about God, seven of them in one it Jim Core, Brendan. No, it doesn't. So no. you've just come up with it. I couldn't get a name for the actor. I think it's, guys, it's Jim Core, right? And he's not great at accents because there's seven of them in one sentence. The, he's playing whoever this man is. It, it's probably not Jim Core. Victor is the man's name. And he calls into the guys and he's like, look, the chief, and I'm assuming the chief is like uh, the Knezovich boss, ringleader. The chief is absolutely raging about Danielle falling out of the window and dying. It's a total shit show. And he can't believe that Joseph, who we've seen in a baseball cap with two bags full of cash, didn't manage to get any of the money out of the flash before the police got there. How inconvenient. Oh, juicy. Yeah. I missed that. Joseph is fucked. Uh, Victor says the chief wants Joseph to be killed before the police get to him. He says, you two now, scram, go kill him. Now remember, one of these lads is getting married. It's all the chap keeps talking about. Uh, he asks, if the chief is still coming to my uh, wedding on Wednesday, Victor slash Jim Cor says, you'll be lucky to be at your own wedding this Wednesday. The lads grab the car keys. They head off to try and kill Joseph. But the police are also heading for the same house at the same time, not to kill him, but to arrest him. Um, over at Joanna's house, Faisal is once again on the prowl. Um, he, <laughs> I love this again, he gets into the house and he stands on a squeaky toy again. again. Um, he puts on. It was done so well though, guys, because we just kept thinking he was a dope. Then he was yeah. just, you know what I mean? And he, we underestimated the man. He's, he's evil. He puts uh, covers on the bit of the, on the on his two shoes. He puts rubber gloves on as well to cover the finger. Yeah, but guys, did you notice he, in. he touched that door handle before he put yes. his gloves on? Yeah, yes. And that will be Faisal's downfall. Yeah, because yes. he's a bastard and he needs to get caught. Yeah, he does. Um, so he's put on these gloves, put on the covers on his shoes because he's there initially to tell Joanna how they're going to kill Rob. So he's like, "You need to crush diazepam into his drink." And then when he's basically passed out, give me a call. I'm going to pop in with this syringe. It's in a little packet, medically sealed. And I'm going to inject some air into his veins. Then he's going to die. I'm going to stick him in his own car, drive him into town, make it look like he got locked and died while cruising the streets for prostitutes. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? This, Faisal says, is to happen on Friday. But um, guys, and I'm reading way too much into this, Joanna's watching this morning on TV when he comes in and Dermot and Alison are on and they only do Fridays. So it's already Friday or maybe she was watching oh. over the summer. Are we thinking it's continuity error? It's just, yeah, it's it's nothing. I think, or, or unless she was watching during the summer, maybe Alison and Dermot do all summer long. I don't know. They have but, been filling in quite a bit. Have they? Okay. Maybe they I were just covering lined up potentially maybe maybe the other two were in the queue that day um 
Joanna is fretting about how they're going to get Rob's lifeless body into his car. She has no hesitation in telling Faisal her horrible husband weighs 13 stone. Um, when Faisal says, I'll lift him myself, Joanna says, dead bodies are very unwieldy. I saw it on a crime show once. And then when Faisal basically goes, I'm stronger than I look, Joanna laughs. Faisal starts to lose the head and he's like, can I see your garage, please? Um, Catherine and her team, they've arrived in their vans outside the house that Joseph is hiding out in. Uh, the tinfoil hat wearing officer who wants to be the alien liaison, he is driving her utterly bonkers. The poor chap won't shut up talking about aliens in the back of the van. So they're sitting there, they're waiting for their cue to bust into the house and make their arrest. Well, the other two lads, they keep driving around the block because they've realised they can't go in and murder Joseph when there are vans full of police sat right outside. The teens get the go ahead, they bust into the house and a very small thing here, but Anne Gallagher, what a great constable in disguise, she touches a mug in the kitchen just to check if it's warm, and it <laughs> is. So therefore, she makes the conclusion that there's somebody in the house because there's a hot cup of tea sitting there. That's I like that. Clever. I was thinking, yeah. would I have to cop on to do that now? I wouldn't. I think you I would, I think Anna. I might have. Yeah. yeah. No, I wouldn't. I'd be like, where You've are you? have watched enough line of duty at this stage. I um, you would. You would check you the would. little cup of tea. We love a cup of tea. We go over is... to drink it if that, and then you'd say, "Oh, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> very hot." Um, <laughs> now Joseph Matic, he's a nimble little criminal, so he is. He's up into the attic at the speed of light, and <laughs> he's gone. Very clever that... way to escape, though. You know, very. Um, very. Back in Joanna's garage, Faisal suggests they use the garage to reverse Rob's car into and shimmy his dead body into the car that way. He's like, "Sure, no one will see us." I'm like, "Wife no, no, and kids are in a house right across the road." First First of all, the kids um, are next door. No, no consideration with those children. Second of all, I think at that point he decided he was going to kill her instead. Do you not think? think? I think I saw a flip in him in the kitchen where okay. he was like, actually, Rob is quite heavy and it'll be much easier to actually kill her. Okay. Blame it on Rob and do two birds with one stone. Just a theory, yeah. but Prove I think he already made up his he mind. He needs to get rid of both of them because the two, what do we call them? The two... Boyos. Boyos. The two boyos said you need to get rid of both of them. So, yeah, I think he then realized, oh, I'll, I'll get rid of her and then Rob will be done for it because we all know that he has been beating her up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Joanna's getting cold feet anyway, regardless of what Faisal's plan is. She says she lied when she told Faisal that Rob knows that he gave her the diazepam. Faisal now is furious, and I think this is where he changes. And he also can't be sure if she was lying then or is lying now, so he's just flipping the lid. Joanna no longer wants Faisal to help her kill Rob. She says, I'm going to go back to that police lady instead and tell him how abusive he was. Things get extremely heated in Joanna's kitchen. She shoves Faisal back into the counter behind him. He kind of falls back. His hand almost falls onto a rolling pin as he goes to steady himself. He picks it up and he whacks her across the back of the head twice with force. Back outside the house in Queensbury, nimble Joseph, he's down out of the attic. What he's done is he's scuttled through the joined attics of the terraced houses and he's escaped out of a neighbour's door. He runs past Catherine and just as she starts chasing him, Joseph is nimble no more because his own shoelace trips him up. He falls face first onto the road and as Catherine straddles him to arrest him, his tracksuit bottoms come down in the struggle, revealing his boxers that have a waistband with the words too hot to handle on them with flame emojis. <laughs> no, come here. Are um, adjoining attics a thing? Yeah, in terrace so, houses uh, back in the day, yeah, you'd have to, like, if you're in an old terrace house, you'd have to uh, block it up yourself. Yeah, that's why if, if you're in a terrace row and somebody has rats, you all have rats. 
it's a thing. Sorry, tell me this. So you're in a terrace house, and unless you've blocked it up yourself, if you go into the attic, it's one big attic. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. exciting, isn't it? Yeah. If you got on with your neighbors, most people you didn't have the shit show. Yeah, most people would have blocked them up. Um, like you know, because be like obviously they're from like donkeys years ago for um insulation and stuff. Whenever you get it reinsulated, then they'd block them up and yeah, I like my up. privacy. Yeah. I wouldn't like that. So do I. However, yeah, do you think mm. there's anywhere where there's a row of terrace houses and they have a joining attic and everybody get on? So they did one large attic conversion and it's just like a bowling lane. And why you do go up into the attic to play bowling? We're going up into the attic and it's like a communal disco and bar well, area. Not just knock on their front door and call in. Just the novelty of having a, good, a long, a real long space. It's a good place for a secret society. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But And like, everyone puts yeah. in 15 grand and everyone does up their bit and it's absolutely unreal up there. Oh, I'd rather put 15 grand in into the deck instead. Yeah. If anybody is out there that knows of a communal asset conversion, would you please email in shrinepod at gmail.com? I'd love to know. Um, so uh, we see Joseph's boxers he's too hot to handle he punches Catherine across the face but she decks him back shouting fuck you buster and she arrests him on suspicion of false imprisonment and money laundering she's like you got that you little shit now the two boils in the car they are in a cold sweat because Joseph who they were supposed to murder is now being taken to the place that uh, Victor slash Jim Corr didn't want him taken to a police station where he's probably going to sing like a canary I would imagine Wednesday's wedding is off. Uh, Catherine has a bloody nose and she tells Anne to take down the reg of the car the two boys are sitting in. Back in Joanna's kitchen, she's twitching. Her eyes are rolling around her head and she appears to be having an extremely serious seizure, potentially maybe dying or leading towards some sort of, you know, being paralysed or something. Faisal's in shock. Faisal's in total shock when lo and behold, Joanna's house phone starts ringing. It rings out, it goes to voicemail, and Faisal can hear Catherine leaving a message telling Joanna that she's got the results from the tests on those pills, and she says, will you give me a ring? I'm on duty until six this evening. Faisal grabs the empty syringe that he had previously given Joanna to hide under the cutlery tray, the one they were going to use to kill Rob, and as he fills it with air and glares at Joanna twitching on the kitchen floor, the credits roll. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Brendan, well done. What a bloody episode. My God, it was unbelievable and so much happened and you got all the detail in, Brendan, so fair play to you because it was a lot. Sorry, so much happened and I was a little bit confused about who the person that Catherine Craig would have arrested to Hot Handle actually was. Mm. So I was really glad to hear that clarified, cleared up a little bit. So yes. he was the guy that basically pretended to be Danielle's boyfriend so they could hide the money in her flat. That's who that was. Yeah. yeah so that so they were just fuming at him. They wanted to kill him because she ended up dying and they needed to just stop that there, that line of inquiry. Yeah. And he'd stolen yeah. money as well. You know, he'd said he didn't yeah, get away yeah, with any money. He said, exactly, but he'd actually taken, because uh, in the briefing they said upwards of 40 grand was found, but then Victor slash Jim Corr said there was 70. So he'd stolen about 30 grand off them and said that he hadn't taken anything. Jesus, okay. maybe he was going to convert the attic with that 30 grand. <laughs> Could have converted two guys. Perhaps. Guys, we have so many amazing thoughts and theories in. So thank you so much to everybody who emailed us and uh, who got in touch on social. I've split these up now via character. Do you it's know? Like the old school days. This is very line of duty season five and six for us. So I'll start off right by talking about Catherine. Okay. Double H has been in touch. J'adore the name. Double H says, why wouldn't Catherine just tell Ryan the truth by this point? He's old enough and surely he could find out for himself as it would have been in the newspapers at the time. I do agree. They did kind of reference a newspaper thing. Yeah, she did say to Claire, she's like, do you think he doesn't Google stuff? Yeah. So Mm. anyway, Jane Watson says, Catherine has made two big mistakes, not renewing the court order and not telling Ryan the full truth. I just hope she doesn't live to regret it. Amy Faith has been on. She says something has gone wrong with Catherine entering the lab results. She was really distracted and the camera lingered as she got up. Neil is definitely under Tommy's control. If not, Tommy would be nicer to him. After all, Ryan needs an adult to tell him um, to take Ryan to prison. So yeah, that's a good point. Like, Surely he would be nicer to Neil because Neil's the one bringing him in. He's very rude to him. He's like, get yeah. the yeah, biscuits. Tommy's I don't home. think so. I think yeah. Tommy's a pig to everyone and Neil goes out with Catherine's sister and lives with her and Tommy hates yeah. everything to do with Catherine. True. Although I'm hoping that No, I think more there's more the there. I think there's more there, yeah. More to I the think story. Tommy has something over Neil that he got him to bring him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think blackmailed. So. Uh, Jackie Say says, is Catherine going to get in trouble for using excessive force on that man that she fought with and arrested? Um I also noticed that people filmed it at the side of the road and Jackie also says the pharmacist is a nutter. I agree. Um, That's a good point because she does punch him twice. She didn't need to do that. Ah, he was being a prick. No, he was, yeah. Okay, on to Claire now. Leanne Coppins got on. Claire uh, feeling sorry for Tommy Lee Royce and hoping that their intervention will change him for the better does fit her ex-addict characterization or, well, her addict characterization. So interesting versus the usual blackmail coercion trope. Um, I hope Ryan's revenge served cold will actually be on Tommy Lee Royce in the end, which that is, I hadn't thought of that. I actually think that would be amazing if Ryan, if, if Ryan is the one that says revenge when he finds out the full truth, that would be a twist that I don't think um, we expected. Now, moving on to Neil, um, Tina Legima, or as Legima, but I would love if her name was Tina Legima because it rhymes. Anyway, Tina says that she's always thought that Neil bumping into Claire in the street 
back in season two was more than a coincidence. I think he's sinister rather than dippy and he's always been working for Tommy Lee Royce. And just Sophie on Twitter as well reckons that Neil is being blackmailed and that Claire doesn't know. The way Tommy speaks to him is interesting, inviting him bungee jumping, but also with authority slash intimidation. Get the tea. And his reaction when he mentioned Catherine, there's something weird going on there. So good points. We also got in a detailed email from Nick Southern, who's a longtime listener and first time emailer. And he says, I have a theory somehow that Neil is connected or related to Tommy Lee Royce, but I'm not sure how. Last week, I, I was convinced that Neil was Tommy's dad. But now I'm wondering, could Tommy Lee Royce's mum be Neil's sister? Could it be that Tommy hates his uncle Neil for abandoning his sister while she battled a heroin addiction? Hence why Neil is bringing Ryan to clear his conscience. Hadn't heard that before. You yeah. Know? Do, we, yeah. do we think there's definitely another unknown link? Do we think there's going to be another reveal about some some relation to someone? They kind of explained it, though, away in a way that like we know that Neil doesn't talk to his own kids anymore because he was being blackmailed by Vicky. He had an affair with her and then his marriage ended and he was drinking again. So is it just that he just wants to be that father figure to for yeah. Ryan to like him like that? That is a more... I suppose it's a more realistic reason why he's doing yeah. it. But at the same time, I'm like, for him and Claire, I'm like, good God, guys, why would you bring a 16-year-old in to see a man in prison who roll, like, literally drove over a police officer, raped two people, and killed several people? Like, Why would you want your nephew yeah. to be around? Money, I think. Like, I think... I think Neil they tried to explain money. that in the in the, the the opening scene between Claire and Catherine, where Claire, I guess, coming from this mindset where you know she's gone through AA and she she's like, you know, hopefully we can show Tommy this this side where he can have a relationship, and it's like Claire's the heart and Catherine's the brains, and she, Catherine just thinks like, no, she's she, you know, she just thinks more logically about it, and Claire's like, well, we can all have peace and forgiveness and try and make things better. I think they're just. The two sisters are just completely like juxtaposed but in a way. I think Claire's vulnerable and Neil is the one who has made Claire do all that. And Neil went behind her back and brought Ryan in. And then Claire was in a situation that she was like, well, he's already gone into him. So yeah. it's, it's a Neil bit that doesn't, that I'm like, I think what Neil on earth? is lying to Claire. And I think the evidence is that text that, that Catherine sent Claire being like, if you were being coerced into doing something, you'd tell me, wouldn't you? And Claire was like, yeah. So I think Neil gave her this view about it just being the right thing. Because remember back in the house later on that night, he, is it later on that night that he explains to her why he felt that he should do it? And he's just like, it's his dad. It's the right thing. Yeah, he goes, the he same thing to bring I told him. you. The, the way he real, said that. It's yeah. a real blase reason. So I think Neil is being blackmailed. I don't think he's related to him, but I think he might owe money for maybe his day, his drinking days yeah. or... There's something over him and I think Neil is lying to Claire about it. Yeah, I think that could be he's lying to Claire and Claire doesn't realise. Let's doesn't talk know, about Rob yeah. Hepworth guys for a second, right? Anne in County Cork, the glamour, got in touch and says my wild theory slash fear is that Mr. Hepworth is going to end up murdered and that Ryan and all of his revenge is a dish best served cold bluster is going to be the prime suspect and possibly even arrested for it. Very juicy. Let me just turn that this page. Be, I'd say Rob is going to obviously get arrested for if Joanna's dead and she might not be. I think yes. she could be seriously injured, potentially paralyzed. She might not be dead. But if she is dead, Rob will obviously get arrested for that first. And then I think eventually, yeah, Faisal's fingerprints on the door handle will scupper him. 
So Mandy Newnham um, says that she has a theory about Joe. She reckons Faisal will call an ambulance and that Joe will survive and then they will accuse Rob and he'll end up in the same prison as Tommy Lee Royce and they'll face off. Which that because he knows his name, like he knows Hepworth. The Imagine drama. if a Hepworth goes in, and that's the local prison. So you know he could be put in there before a trial or whatever, which so I thought she, was juicy. She reckons Joe will agree to partner with Faisal in the lie. Could, who knows? Who knows? Either way, though, even if she dies, Rob is still getting framed for that. So either he way, is. he's going into the system, isn't he? He is. Uh, Chris Hurst says, I love the pod. I'm a long time listener and first time emailer as well. Hepworth drives an Audi or S4 on a 69 plate. You know me in cars. I wouldn't have a clue. Anyway, sorry. Chris says they're about 70 grand. Teachers can't afford a car like that. There's more to this story. It seems that everything in this program has been so specifically selected that the choice of car has some significance. And I do agree with Chris. Guys, Nevison Gallagher was driving a Bentley. Like, Should sorry. the refrigeration business, it's very lucrative. Mother of God. Ali B on Twitter says, will Hepworth be blamed for Joanna's life hanging in the balance slash death? He will tell Ryan, sorry, he did tell Ryan that his marriage wasn't in a good place. So that's very likely. Tony Baloney on Twitter says, is the PE teacher Rob a paedophile or does he have just a hero complex? That conversation with Ryan was all kinds of icky. It was weird. So he got the same vibe as me. I was like, which one is it? Yeah, it's hard to know. Now, let's move on to Joyce for a second. We know that the woman is fond of a tribute act, but is she dodgy? (laughs) Natalie Clennell says, was it me or was Joyce behaving oddly when Catherine got the lap results back? Lisa Jones then says, I'm now thinking Joyce might be one of the Knezeviches. They're not getting caught because they have an insider in the police force. Did you see how she was hovering around Catherine's desk? Definitely something dodgy going on there. I love Joyce. And I even loved the way she was like staring at the screen. Yeah, she could be like, you know, a rotten apple to Nick of Rays from our other favorite show. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Unexpected. Unexpected if she is. Yeah, it is unexpected. Okay, lads, let's talk about Nevis and Gallagher, right? Gemma Archer says this is a great observation. Something date. What you say, love? Where's the date? Nevis and Catherine. Oh, yeah. No, she'd been flat out, Hannah. Maybe maybe next episode. Well, this would make sense, right? Because Gemma says, right, something that struck me when I was watching the opening credits is that George Costigan is built fourth after Sarah Lancashire, James Norton and Siobhan Finneran, which seems odd given his relatively few appearances so far. Could this mean that Nevison will have a significant part to play in the final few episodes? Now, sorry, just when you said that. Oh, were you talking about the poster? No, it just came into my mind there because the scene with Nevison and Anne out the back and Anne is crying and she's upset because she's re-traumatized by yeah. Ryan visiting Tommy Lee Royce and Nevison is so helpless. He's lost his wife. He's clearly in love with Catherine K. Wood. Is Nevison going to try and kill Tommy Lee Royce? Is he in love with Catherine or does he want to go on a date with her because he's doing something dodgy with the refrigeration business? And is that why when Anne reminded him that she's joining CID on attachment tomorrow, that he was like kind of appeared to freak out about it slash forget. Mm. He doesn't want his daughter on the team that's potentially going to bust his criminal operation open. Yeah. I will die if Nevison Gallagher is a body guy. Well, like what he did with the refrigeration business. It's a bit odd. Mm, guys, or else he's just maybe he was blackmailed and got into got into business with bad people a long time ago. 
We are bad we people. Are bad people. We are bad people. Just also on Everton here, guys, um, Gemma also says, I wondered if there was a dementia storyline coming from as he forgot yeah. about Anne's attachment or, um, sorry, as we always say, no line of dialogue is insignificant. Um, I, I just think he's not keen on Anne going to CID because he might it's have... one or the hide. other, yeah. yeah. I um, think it'll be kind of a bit late a bit late in the series to maybe introduce like an early onset dementia storyline. I, I just don't think... I don't think so. You'd start that now, no. Yeah, um, Alex tweeted us and says, Nev is suspiciously too absorbed by other stuff to the point he forgot about his only daughter that he almost lost getting into CID that she's always dreamed about. What are you doing there, Nev? And lads, the Bentley thing, just that they hovered on that car for just a beat too long for it not to be significant. Like but this man, my fellow was like, "That's enough. a Bentley." He lost his daughter for a week. He is lucky enough to have her back. He's lost his wife. He knows what Catherine has gone through. He is hardly going to get mixed up with these Knezovich, Leroy gang, is he? Well, guys, is Nevison the first part of the story? Like, was Nevison always involved with them long before Kevin in series one decided to kidnap Anne to get his kids to go to a private school? Well, I'm telling you now. businessman. I will drop dead if he was always involved in this. That is mad considering what happened to Anne, no? And maybe he, do you know what though? Maybe he was and maybe then when Anne got involved and Kevin got involved, he tried to get out and he couldn't. Yeah, also he didn't want to get the police involved. You know, he really didn't. And I just know if that was my child who got kidnapped, I would tell the police. Maybe he knew how dangerous they were. Yeah, I just, it, yeah, it doesn't seem, but at the same time though, I'm like, maybe he is just a little bit, like a slightly, slightly dodgy. Mm, I like His behavior is not up that way. I'm with you there. Mm. Mm, true. Let's talk about Tommy Lee Royce, the main baddie. Emma Toffee says, there were too many references to Tommy dying in prison, so he's definitely being sprung. And I worry <laughs> yeah. he's going to take Ryan with them wherever he goes, probably Espana. Yeah, totally. Mm. They've said too many times. It's like, he's going to die in there. He's going to die in there. He should die in there. Jane and Pooch says, I'm thinking Tommy is plotting something, hence the lol doll, um, the lol doll sized mobile phone and revenge being a dish served cold, possibly an escape during the trial in Leeds and a big showdown at the end of the last episode. I, I think we all agree that Tommy has been up to something this whole time. This is all part of a ploy. Why only in the last year did he decide to write back to Ryan's letters? That's the bit that I'm now like. That- Send it to the school, send it to one of your fiancés, send it to someone else you make friends with in prison. Why only in the last year? Because they found the body. And you then... Who who is the mystery man that gave him the note outside school? I'd love to talk more about that, guys. Who is the mystery man? He's coming back into it. Yeah, who is that man? And he's coming back into it, or is it someone he was on the inside with that's just a bit irrelevant? I don't know. It has to be somebody that we already know for that to have impact. Nevson Gallagher with a wig on and a moustache so with glasses and a fake moustache and no. Be like the Regency Hotel. <laughs> oh God. Okay guys, Ellie Bond says, I think the dopey duo will take Ryan to Tommy Lee Royce's court case. He will be boosted and he'll take Ryan with them. It all ends in tears when Catherine catches up with them in Spain, learn Spanish in, five, in seven days clue. Possibly the two will be bungee jumping to eternity. Jesus. Fucking no, he's not getting out of the country. This is a this is a Yorkshire based showdown, I believe. Yeah, Tommy is like, not going to win this fight. Ultimately, no, he's not, not going to. He's win. deluded. He's a narcissist. He's a psychopath. The man thinks he can evade the authorities. Do you know what I mean? He thinks he's a mastermind. He's a dope. He Do you know won't what I mean? Win. He won't. At least Ryan knows he's a bit nuts because. Um, he asked Neil, he was like, why is he talking about taking me bungee jumping? That's never going to happen. 
I am glad that he's mature enough to see that that he doesn't is make sense. Or yeah. No, that that yeah. doesn't make because you can't say that stuff to a child. It's so unfair. It is. Kaz Riddell says, I think that Neil is somehow connected to Tommy Lee Royce and he thinks he's tell help. Sorry, he thinks he's helping Tommy by bringing Ryan to the prison. But I think the major plot twist might be that Ryan is somehow trying to get revenge from, from Tommy Lee Royce uh, for growing up without his mum. There was something about the way he said revenge is a dish best served cold that gave me shivers. I also remember that Moaning Myrtle was a pharmacist before yes. she became a teaching assistant. So maybe she was connected to the Knezoviches through drug dealing. What? I don't yeah. remember this. Yeah, guys, I took a Happy Valley quiz this week. How, how it was like, see if you're a detective constable or just an idiot or something quiz. And I was like, right, I'll take it. And or just a constable in disguise. A constable. <laughs> 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 I honestly thought that was a thing. I didn't people were howling that. on Twitter, Brandon, howling over constable in disguise. And one of the questions was, what was her true profession and I voted librarian and then the answer was pharmacist and I said Jesus I better tell the guys that piece of intel I think that's huge <gasps> because isn't there a female pharmacist in the family there in the mix with Faisal there is a sister there is the sister and he put that in they put that in the first or second have we episode. seen her no, no we haven't she's got the deck is, his older brother and then his sister-in-law is who got the deck done um, the sister-in-law got the deck done. Mm. She dare get a deck yeah. done seven years after nearly ruining someone's life. I don't know, but I just thought that was interesting. Mm. Okay, we'll move on to Anne and Daniel now in terms of theories. Rachel McCarthy says, did anyone else think Anne and Daniel's beautiful, expensive cottage looked like what's going to go up in flames? And the double clutch theory being the end of Tommy Lee Royce in a car chase versus Catherine in her Himalayan Jeep, courtesy of the reservoir where the body was found, is my favourite. Now, I don't understand the reservoir bit of that. I think I'm being I'm being a dope. But the amount of the, the, the chase is there, is it? And that the down fall is that Tommy is driving the car that he, th- that car with the clutch and then I love that. chases him. I love that as well. And then does Tommy end up in the reservoir? Maybe. Maybe that's the full circle moment for the series. Yeah. Because there there's that. no way that she said the thing about the double clutch in the last episode without that meaning something. Unless it was just there to just give us tension in that last episode. But, but I, it was I think there twice. Was Brendan. It yeah, was there no, the twice. Clutch, the clutch is going to play a role, definitely. Yeah. And Alison was brought back for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And not just to let Catherine. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Anne on Twitter says, um, is Anne pregnant? Why was Joyce having a neb at the screen with the drug results? Why is Faisal so clumsy? Will that bent counsellor that Catherine tried to arrest in series one be the link with the Knezeviches? Do you remember that? Yeah. For oh, cocaine. he was poked off his head in the car. Yeah. Yeah. She found the cocaine in the car, didn't she? And yeah, um, he threatened her. Yeah, her boss was like, don't like push any more on this. Afric says, now guys, I love this, right? Afric says, lads, Rebecca is bang on about the fire. Check out the right hand side you of the that one, free promo poster. <laughs> Look at it, guys. Look at it. I've, I've seen it, yeah. There's, there's a fire. The yeah, there is smoke. a fire, but what were you bang on about? Did you say there was a fire? Remember I told you I watched the credits, the opening credits very closely. There was a cat, but there was someone holding it, grabbing a petrol can out of a boot of a car. And yeah, there is a fire in the to credits. I and don't someone, someone else messaged us in and said that they think that the series will end with Catherine with a fire extinguisher the way it started with it's her own fire, fire extinguisher. Uh, now, yeah. I would love that so much. 
Yeah, so the fire, the fire thing now, I think there's going to be a fire and it, Anne and Daniel's house is beautiful and it does look like the scene of where a fire could happen. Well, there's and definitely also, going to be a fire. Alison did make a point about there being no um, yes. sprinklers in the high rise flats. No as well. sprinklers, so there wouldn't want to be a fire. Oh my yeah. God. So yeah, maybe it's the flat actually. Anyway, sorry, Rachel Beacon are, um, agrees saying, looking back at the poster for series three, there's clearly a significant fire at some point and it looks like Ryan's bike is in the foreground of that poster when you look at it. Um, yeah, Jen it Sullivan there. now thinks that the UFO storyline has something to it. No, I think that was just for comic relief because the whole thing is so fucking grim. We well, needed a moment. Can I just ask, relief. were they slagging off that poor man with no. a fake briefing? No, I do. she says it's from the home office. No, I think it's a thing. Oh, I thought it was an entire no, piece of it, him It's a joke. They wouldn't put an alien on a poster. Is it not a joke? Because he oh, said, I don't know. I, he said he I saw don't... flashing lights. Oh, is that what it is? Because in the back oh. of the car, they were talking. God, I'm like Claire, I'm not the brightest. <laughs> 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 I think so. Like, surely I did. I was like, why you take I'm a ride to visit Tommy Lee Royce? He was delivering <laughs> letters inside the school. <laughs> okay, well, Jen. No, that's like something that the mad that the Home Office might do. I'm going to Google. You carry on there now. Brandon, if the Home Office were investigating aliens, they wouldn't tell anybody. Guys, they wouldn't tell anyone. Look right. at Roswell in the US. Don't even, you know, don't go down that route. Area 51, is it? Area 51. Don't start her on the conspiracy theories now. There are already aliens out there. In. There's aliens out there. Like, there's this other lines. why I'm not allowed to watch sci-fi because I'd lose the run of myself. No, me after watching the OA, I was like, it's all real. I was like, there's several dimensions. Anyway. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so shocked that you like that show. It's the least you thing ever. I fucking adored it. I was <laughs> devastated that they didn't do another season of the OA. Then in my house it. years ago, you doing the dance now? I was doing the dance, trying to go to Saturn. No, guys, <laughs> I, I, the OA was. It was, yeah, it was revolutionary. Oh, anyway, back to Japur, Jen. And I liked here. that Irish actor. Remember, he came into work one day, and we were like, "Jesus, there he is!" Do you remember? Jesus, what the red-haired guy. What was his name? I don't know. He was we'll find that out. Well, I'll, I'll have a look after this. Sorry, Jen says, not UFOs, right? Those strange lights that PC Fox Mulder spotted are definitely dodgy. So he, the whole alien thing is because he said he saw these flashing lights one night. Ah, stop. <sighs> now, do you think like... Do you think Nevis and Gallagher is flashing? Or do you think, right? Let's go mental. Let's go crazy, full line of duty to hear you for a sec, right? Do you think Alison's flash is really high in the air? And do you think it's like Famous Five style flashing a torch to another farm to signal something to do with drugs? And then that's what your man saw. Or B, do you think it's just a light comic relief? underplot I think it's probably just for comic relief but it could be something to do with Nevis and Gallagher's refrigeration company and some sort of like blinking lights on the fridges or something I don't know I think it's for comic relief and that also went over my head because I thought that the home office wanted an <laughs> alien liaison. But also, you know <laughs> as well, you're just someone, blindly accepting. Someone else mailed us one time, one of the days, and Ori tweeted us, and um, they said that uh, Catherine in the first series, I think, said she made reference to how loads of people in the area were conspiracy theorists and were always talking about aliens. So is it just a nod oh. back to to that? Do you know? Okay, maybe it's a nod back to that though. I like it though. 
I love that you guys think I'm crazy that I think aliens exist and then Brendan... No, I think aliens exist. Brendan's like, oh, aliens don't exist, but the home office wants to investigate them. Yeah, exactly, which is more rational than aliens exist. I think the home office could be fucking thick and want to investigate look at the size of the universe. Like, lest we not think we are the only... No, guys, I don't want to have an emotional breakdown now. I don't want to have an existential crisis. Can we move on to the aliens? They don't want anything to do with us. It's grand. We're silly compared to them. They're way smarter than us. They're probably like... They're Whenever I right think about now. the size of the planet, it honestly freaks me out. Like, you I know, start that's to Have you ever seen that video where it's like a woman lying in the grass and it's like her I'm eye stopped. and then you go all the way into her eye down to a tiny no, atom and then you fly out of her eye into the I universe. I think it's brilliant. We're so small and insignificant. I know, but if you ever have we a are. problem and you could just say that to yourself and then it doesn't matter. Like I've lost one of my AirPods and I want to kill someone that's about even it. even smaller than you, pet. Imagine how insignificant your AirPod is. It's incredibly so insignificant that I can't find it and Apple want £86 to replace one side of it. I'm absolutely fuming about it. But I have to just say, the universe is a big place and this doesn't matter and I just have to let it go. Did it fall down on the tube tracks? I think they've got magnets to pick them back up now. I think it fell down, but they said it'll be 15 days until they can tell me if they have it or not. Oh, Jesus. It's a long time. Rob, you're on mute, Pat. 2023. Sorry, I was on <laughs> checking. I was just double checking. Sorry, sorry. No, it's just, I can it's hear myself when I'm on mute. And then I I thought you could hear me. So I thought you could hear me like sneezing the whole way Can through. you hear yourself as in you can hear the I noise hear yourself. your own voice? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the aliens. It's the aliens. Okay, now, sorry, just back to the theories. Now, finally, this is what I would call this section of these theories, right? I'm sorry, there's been a lot, but all very good points this week. This is just a kind of a catch-all section, right? Miscellaneous. We got um, an email in from a woman called Marie. Now, Marie is an absolute icon. This email made me hell. Like, Marie is just a comedian. She's so funny, right? She's basically emailed us on Sunday night, she was up till all hours and she was saying that it's it's shocking that Happy Valley is airing on a Sunday because we all have like school or work the next day and we're up and we're stressed afterwards. Anyway, Marie was actually meant to be preparing for a big presentation on Monday morning, but instead she was emailing shrinepod at gmail.com and she said that she must need cement to put underneath her eye, like makeup wise, because she'd be so tired. I said, Marie, you and me both. Anyway, Marie had some really great observations about the series as a whole, kind of bigger picture type of thing, things that I actually hadn't thought about. So Marie says... I worry that Neil's been told that Claire will be harmed if he doesn't comply with bringing Ryan into Tommy. So that's how he's been threatened. Marie also okay. thinks that Faisal will get caught for killing Joanna and she thinks that she saw him shut the door with his hand before he put the gloves on. Well spotted by Hannah as well. And that the CCTV will emerge of them at the cafe or the park. She has met with him a, like a lot of times now so surely someone's seen them. And um, Marie says... She's noted how every season of Happy Valley contains an ironic twist, a murder that didn't really ever need to happen. Not that any murder should, but you know what I mean. For example, in series two, John could have just told his missus that he was having an affair because he ends up catching her in bed with that fella Graham. In series one then, the day after Kevin sorts his plan with Ashley Cowgill, Nevison agrees to pay the school fees. Anyway, I bet the guys don't turn up for their money this week and that groom is going to end up brown bread. So far killing Joanna 
is all going to be for for no reason. Do you know what I mean? I love that observation. Yeah. It is such a good observation. Um, Hepworth will then get arrested, but they'll get the right man in the end. I love Anne. I'm not keen on Daniel, but I'm really liking the new house. Possible showdown setting. Think Anne might bump off Tommy and then Ryan will still love Catherine and just maybe there's a light at the end, a glimmer of hope. Great yeah. love to that email. We were crying laughing. Yeah, we yeah. hope that your um, presentation went well, Marie. So, guys, thanks so much for all your thoughts and theories. Amazing observations. Keep them coming in at ShrinePod on all our social platforms. And you can email ShrinePod at gmail.com. Now, guys, a theory that we didn't get in, and I'm really curious about this, is what is going on with Joe and Rob's daughter with the coat on? I don't know, but the coat was off in this episode, but she was blocked by the coffee table, so we couldn't see. I've seen one or two people tweet us saying that possibly does the child have an eating disorder? He has locked away the food. Is is she hiding, you know, her or is she hiding her body? Um is, Could it is be a comfort it? thing? Because she's obviously in an uncomfortable house. Is it just like a sort of like a protective sort of she feels comfortable with it on? I don't know. Yeah, maybe she's just a tiny little thing and she's cold and it's more, it's not going to be a plot line, but it's more to show us that, yeah, she needs it on or something. He did say it to her in the first episode, though. He was like, take your coat off. Like they made a point of literally pointing at it to be like her coat is on. I don't know. She she could be self-harming. You know, oh, that maybe so she's keeping her coat she's on. So I know she's so young, but I don't know. Well, they're know. in the house. They are in the house when this happened to Joe. They're in they're the not, sitting room. They're not. He visits her house twice in the same episode. They're absolutely not. No, what? I don't think when so. When Faisal she gets killed. Over. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's um, it's school time, isn't it? Because that's why he's there, because Rob's not. So they would be in school. It did. Okay, good I got confused as well, but a few people were chatting on Twitter saying that it was two separate occasions, but you can understand why it was. Yeah, it was two separate times that he, yeah. he snuck in. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Guys, I have uh, gone and rewatched the trailer, the season three trailer that they put out for Happy Valley before this season started. And we did this in one of our preview episodes before this. Hey, I love began. the Brandon bonus homework. Right. So we did this before the series began and I basically did a trailer breakdown of everything that was coming up. But it was really hard to describe because obviously there was loads of characters and scenes in it that we'd never met before. So I was trying to describe people like Rob, Joanna, Faisal, but we didn't know who they were. So what I've gone, what I've done is I've gone back and rewatched the whole thing now and I've pulled out each scene that we have yet to watch on TV. So these are the bits from the season three trailer that we still haven't seen. So we still haven't seen Tommy in his disgusting yellow and green jumpsuit being transferred in cuffs by two prison wardens or officers. One of them is the uh, police officer who questioned him in the very first episode. Uh, We haven't seen Daniel and Ryan looking extremely tense sitting side by side in the driver's seat and the passenger seat of a car at night time. We haven't seen Claire... Absolutely stressed out of her head. She's standing outside. She's got her hands on the back of her head, freaking out uh, outside what looks like Catherine's house or very close to Catherine's house. Uh, A police car is in the background. Its blue lights are flashing. It looks like she could be looking for someone who's potentially gone missing or they can't find someone. No, we've been kidnapped by Tommy. We've got another scene. We haven't seen Catherine saying the words, I've done things. Um, 
we haven't seen Ryan chatting with Anne saying it's complicated, but he's my dad. Mm. We haven't seen Catherine standing in the hallway of a house pointing a taser. Now, I could see the person's front door is like a mottled red sort of glass. And I tried to remember where we'd seen it before, but I couldn't. So I don't know. But Catherine, we haven't seen Catherine in somebody's hall pointing her taser. Um, we haven't yet seen Catherine visiting Neil in the shop. We haven't yet seen a grey silver car crashing through a field gate. We haven't yet seen the boyos getting punched at a van in darkness. Oh. And we haven't yet seen Anne telling Ryan he's using you and you're letting him. So oh, loads God. to come. Jesus Christ, that's well exciting. Because we I didn't understand it at the start. We, we we didn't even really know what the plot No was context at all, yeah. Yeah. No, now the, you have the context. Okay, so here's the very short description for next week's episode so we can kind of figure out what pieces from that trailer we might get to see. So as Tommy's big day approaches, Catherine becomes suspicious and Ryan finds a new way to defy her. So I think we're going to see Tommy in the jumpsuit getting escorted. I think that's going to happen next week. And Ryan finding a new way to defy her, I think he's going to go to that trial. Yeah, yeah, he's going. hundred percent. He's going to that trial. Oh he's my going, God. And that courtroom scene is going to be dramatic. I hope it goes on for ages. And Sally Wainwright does really, she writes scenes really well because they the uncomfortable ones last longer than you can almost cope. Like the coffee shop scene just kept going. So I'm really excited for the courtroom scene. Oh my God, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Um, elsewhere in the press, I have just a really funny, lighthearted, it's not funny, but it's just a lighthearted piece of press to tell you about. So this is from the HalifaxCourier.co.uk. And basically they interviewed a couple whose house was used for oh, Claire and Neil's oh. home. It's a real house. It's in, um, it is in a place called, I wrote the name down, Hebden Bridge in West Yorkshire. And basically this couple, they are called Michelle and Chris. They are new to Yorkshire. Uh, Michelle's actually from Canada and they're Happy Valley fans. And they got a letter in the door that said that there was um, Happy Valley Scouts locating scouting for scenes in the new series. And they said, pet, sign me up. So someone came twice to see their house and it was then decided that it was going to be used as the setting for Neil and Claire's home together. And a quote from the uh, piece says, some props were added in for the show, but other items that made it into shot, including a vintage biscuit jar and a heated drying rack actually belonged <laughs> to Michelle and Chris. So can the you imagine? drying rack, I am obsessed. <laughs> I'm screaming. Can you imagine their joy at being fans of the show and then seeing their very own heated drying rack on Happy Valley on Sunday night? I wonder, um, are they feeling so much joy about uh, their house being described as tiny several times during this episode? Because, you know, um, Ryan's friend in school, he's like, you can't live there with two alcoholics. It's too small. And then he's like, they're recovering alcoholics, actually. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, Michelle and Chris, the homeowners, had to get out of the way while the filming was going on. But they said, as any of us would have done, they snuck back for a peek and they actually watched the scene where Ryan and Catherine were talking at the front door. They saw it recorded. It's like their oh own God. home. That's, That's incredible. Very cool. Like, what a claim to fame. What? Your heat of drying rack heard vintage. the line before anyone else. They heard the stew line and their vintage biscuit box was featured on one of the best TV dramas ever written. So, so guys, if we don't have anything else to add, do we? 
No, I think no. we've said it all. No, we I mean we've gone through a lot there. There's a lot to there's a lot to unpack there with all those different theories. Yeah, there really, really is. So that is it for this week's Shrine Podcast. Happy Valley. If you are listening to this on Tuesday, the 17th of January, that is because you are one of our patron Catherine's generously supporting us on Patreon in return for early access episodes. That or something has gone very wrong. If you are not listening to this on Tuesday, the 17th of Jan, and you're saying to yourself, do you know what? That would have been nice now. I wasn't really doing anything yesterday. Then head to patreon.com forward slash shrine pod and just like Amy, Caroline Pickwell, Laura Shaw, Rachel Beacon and Julianne Goss did this month, you can too become a patron Catherine. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> As always, send your thoughts and theories, as so many of you did this week when they were so excellently read by Rebecca, to shrinepod at gmail.com. Oh, Pat, or you can follow us on socials and even the TikTok. Have we done anything on the TikTok since we set it up? Uh, we put we put up a few of the videos, the audiograms. They're oh, famous. I need to lip sync to Catherine's opening monologue. I need to go off and learn that now this evening. We're actually. stealing yeah, a blonde be... wig and Brendan's going to dress wig, up and, and, then and I'll, uh, lip sync for his life. to do that, yeah. Well, I mean, if that doesn't send you over to our TikTok at Tripod, I don't know what will. Keep an eye on Twitter on Sunday night as we will be live tweeting episode four. And until then, feel free to give us a gorgeous five star rating and review on Apple Podcast should you adore us. If not, please keep your opinions to yourself. And pets, we'll see you next week. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. This is TV worth talking about. This is Shrine Podcasts. 